0: And y'all just agree with me tonight. We're really going to pray over this word, so let's agree together. Father, we come in Jesus' name and through His blood tonight, and we pray over the word of the Lord. And we thank you so much for your word. We love your word, and Lord, we ask you tonight as we pray that you would anoint me and speak through me everything that needs to be said tonight under a strong anointing. Lord, we ask you that um, you know the promises of the word of God. Lord, your word will not return void. But it will accomplish everything you sent it forth to do. So, Lord, we stand on that and we ask you on the parable on the seed and the sower that your words come out tonight as I speak this out. Let your words of life and truth go out as living seeds of truth sown into good soil. I pray wherever people are at tonight that are going to hear this live, they're going to hear it on Facebook, the Internet, maybe they're going to hear it even quite a you know, months, years down the road. But, Lord, I pray for everyone that's hearing this, that the Holy Spirit will move upon them even where we're at right now. And the Holy Spirit will give us good soil of hearts and minds and help lock us in to what God is saying, that we're not distracted by all these other things, but the Holy Spirit will touch our minds and touch our hearts tonight, that we're able to get focused on the Lord, and that the Holy Spirit anoint our eyes and ears to have eyes and ears of the Spirit. And Lord, I pray that this is going to go out and be living seeds into that good soil, water by the Holy Spirit, take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. Lord, let there be a washing of the water of the word. Let there be light of truth, shining bright, dispelling all the darkness and lies of the enemy and bringing truth in revelation knowledge. And Lord, let the winds of your spirit carry this all over the world where it needs to go, and your mighty angels watch over it. Lord, we thank you right now for hearing and answering these prayers, and we believe, you know, Jesus said the birds of the air try to steal the seed. So as a corporate body, we agree together that in the name of Jesus, we bind anything that would try to hinder this word from accomplishing what God wants it to, getting where it needs to go. We bind it now in the name of Jesus. You will back off this word right now. And Lord, we ask you to let your angels just clear away any resistance. And we bless you, Lord. And thank you for hearing and answering every prayer meeting, every need. And everything being accomplished through this, that your will to be done. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, y'all give me your best here tonight and just follow along. I'm dealing with Americanized Christianity, and this is going to be part three. And the aspect of Americanized Christianity is because when you look at the book of Acts and you really read the life of the early church, and then you look at the contemporary American church, it seems like there's a pretty big difference, okay? So I'm trying to deal with some different controversial subjects that will help everybody think about things maybe from a way you've never thought of it before. Because how many of you guys know when you grow up in a certain culture, that seems normal to you until that's challenged, see? And there's, there's an Americanized culture in Christianity that seems so normal but we kinda need to challenge a few things. There's some wonderful things, but there's also some things that are just not good. And so we need to let God challenge some things, and I want biblical, book of Acts, Christianity, the way Jesus operated, the way that his early church operated, and that's, how, that, that's what I wanna see today. All right, so as I get into this, I'm gonna be dealing tonight with the President Trump controversy And we've got the midterm elections coming up, so please make sure you get out and vote. So I'm going to go through this and deal just with different categories of subjects that I feel like need to be preached. Now, this is primarily going to be to those that have a biblical worldview. You understand that not everybody does. okay? So those that have a biblical worldview are going to understand this. And this is really going to help you even people that don't maybe you want to know what is the biblical point of view about some of these things we'll deal with that but i really wanted to share this i felt god wanted this to go out before the midterms and and just get out there and help a lot of people the body of christ really needs some teaching in these areas because it seems to me that a lot of people shy back from talking about it because it is controversial so let's just go ahead and go for it right Alright, well number one the first thing I want to cover is whom God chooses How many knows that God's gonna choose somebody and he's not gonna always choose somebody that you would choose Thank God because you know he picked me in the ministry and I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have So I'm not saying this negative about anybody. I'm just saying God picks people that a lot of times man wouldn't pick man will pick a Saul but God will pick a David So, in the case, though, of me dealing primarily with President Trump, God chose him. I believe, personally, that the body of Christ really began to get desperate toward the latter part of Obama's administration. Things were starting to get serious. There was starting to be a lot of persecution toward Christians. Things were getting to a point to where I believe that Christians really began to get serious about prayer and now we're seeing the result of that because god answers prayer and so god chose somebody out of left field and brought a man who has been very favorable toward christians so anyway god chooses whom he will now we know isaiah 45 the bible says thus says the lord to cyrus his anointed Whom I have taken by the right hand to subdue nations before him and loose the loins of kings and open doors, etc., etc. You know, Cyrus was a Persian king. So he was a heathen. But the Bible says about him here, thus says the Lord to Cyrus, his anointed. So God referred to Cyrus as his anointed. You understand that? But this is a man who was a Persian king. Now, this was a prophecy that was given far before Cyrus was in power obviously and um, there's some Jewish literature that states that when Cyrus came to power that there was some priests that came with the scroll of Isaiah and showed him his name in there wouldn't that mean something to you and so Cyrus ended up being extremely favorable toward the Jewish people and he was very instrumental in allowing them to go back and rebuild their temple under Ezra and the walls under Nehemiah but it was Cyrus who was the one that made the way for God's people but he was a heathen king are y'all following me and so something I want to bring out here is that I think that there's a lot of confusion I think this is an Americanized thing but how many guys know there's a big big difference between secular nations and secular governments and then you've got over here you've got the body of christ which is a spiritual kingdom they're not the same thing okay because people tend to blur this and i don't understand how they do you know if i had something wrong with my car and i was going to take it to somebody to fix my car I'm not going to try to investigate and find out if he said something mean 20 years ago. Let's just be real. I'm not concerned if he goes to church every single Sunday. What I'm concerned about is he qualified to fix my car. (laughs) Y'all know where I'm going with this. The thing is, you've got a secular nation with a secular government and a secular office somebody that's a secular statesman not a pastor not an apostle okay now when God's people really pray and we get serious about it what happens is God will raise up people in secular positions that will honor him and will be favorable toward God's people and that's exactly what is happening but that's a result of prayer and it's interesting because there were prophecies about somebody coming to power that may not have gone in very spiritual, but by the time they come out, they would really be close to God. You know, that may, be, that may very well be President Trump. But nonetheless, God chose him and placed him as a secular statesman over this nation. And there's a couple things that have stuck out to me since he's been there. Number one has been that how much he has stood by israel even moving the embassy to jerusalem in spite of great persecution doing so but how much he has stood by israel publicly and unashamedly stood by israel the second thing that has stuck out to me is you have somebody that is extremely wealthy and has been famous for years you know well before getting into politics and I've watched over and over and over as different people have said, can we pray for you? Pastors, just different people. Here recently is that missionary that he you know, got out turkey. But anyway, people that just say, can we pray for you? And I've watched this man bow his head and humble himself every time and gladly receive prayer. Let me tell you something, that speaks volumes to God. Because he could just say, no, okay, thanks, but no thanks, you know. He could have that attitude. But every single time that I've seen, he's bowed his head and he's humbled himself before God and gladly received prayer, which is a way of humbling yourself before the Lord. And basically, what that communicates to me is somebody that's saying, look, this is a weighty responsibility. And I acknowledge before you, Lord, I need prayer. I need your guidance. I need your hand on my life. That's what he's saying here. And I believe God's going to bless that. Because God blesses humility. And another thing that's really stuck out to me since he's been president is how much he stood by Christians. One thing after the next, he has stood by God's people, and he's welcomed um you know pastors and others to come and speak into his life and so when we pray and I'm going to get to this later I don't want to get ahead of myself but when God's people pray this is the result God will raise up people like that that will honor him and his word and will humble themselves and will be favorable to God's people when God's people don't pray the devil will take the opportunity to raise up those that will persecute Christians and be against, dead set against the things of God. So God does raise up secular leaders, and believe it or not, the Bible says he anoints them. And he appoints them. You know what I believe this anointing is on secular leaders? It's just God's grace on them. I believe it's a literal anointing, because I believe the Bible, and the Bible flat out says that. But I believe that it's a different anointing than it's going to be on like a preacher here, okay? But I believe this anointing on a secular king, a secular president, is like God's grace on them to protect their minds from the assailing of the enemy, because we're going to get to spiritual warfare tonight, and to give them grace and wisdom to be able to govern. It's like God's hand of grace on them to be able to do what they're supposed to do while they're there. And that's the anointing. It brings protection. It brings protection over the mind and over the heart. But I would encourage people, keep the secular government and church government separate. They're not the same thing. Just because somebody gets voted into some political office does not make them an apostle or a pastor. They're a secular statesman. And I'm thankful that God is raising up people that, that are Christians and putting them there. Thank God for that but they're still in a secular office. And I've always drawn the line about church and politics because this is probably the first sermon many of you have ever heard me preach along these lines. I don't preach a lot like this. But I believe that God wants us to preach like this sometimes because there's people out there who want to know the truth. But I've always drawn a line, and I have never got all mixed up with this political type spirit and got a bad spirit about me like some people do. Some people sit around, they listen all the time to all these commentators and these pundits in the newscast, and, and they, they get all inundated with all the things going on, and they get that spirit about them. And I don't do that. So just be careful with that. I remember one time somebody came to me and wanted to, to bring in some kind of a, a political thing into the church where people can come, and, and I told him, absolutely not, we're not going to do that. Of course, he got ticked at me. But I was like, look, I'll tell people go vote, but you ain't coming in here with that. Is I believe God's house needs to be a holy place. So be careful not to get a political spirit. And um, this may surprise some people, but to be honest with you, I really hate politics. I keep up with it, and I have an opinion. But I hate it, and I'll tell you why. I think I hate it for the same reason a lot of people do. Because nine times out of ten, it's self-serving. Somebody makes all kinds of promises to get up there, next thing you know, what do they do? they break every promise because it's all about them, their name, their finances and their re-election at the expense of the country. And everybody sees it and everybody knows it. That's why so many people hate politics. But that's another thing that has really shocked me is that President Trump has kept his word about things he really has. I mean, it's been surprising. But you know what? After God's people been praying, God brought somebody in here that's not a politician. But anyway, my first point I wanted to make was just that God chooses people. He anoints them and he puts them in secular positions to do what he has them there to do. And how we need to make sure and keep, you know, the secular governments and the church two two different entities. I believe our founding fathers wanted governments. To be separate from the church, but they also wanted government to honor God and to honor God's word. How many believe that? But they wanted it to remain separate because they didn't want government to come in and start trying to control the church. They saw that through Roman Catholicism and they saw that even through Protestantism with Queen Elizabeth and all that in England. So they didn't want that here. All right, the next point I want to make is this, understanding spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6.12, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Please keep that in mind because your struggle is not against the politician you may not really like too much. Believe it or not, they're not your enemy. Our struggle is not against other people, but it is against rulers and powers so other translations principalities powers and wickedness in high places once i get to some things here in a moment this statement will make sense it may not too much at this point but america is facing some of the highest level forces of the enemy that you could imagine assailing this nation and i'll explain why here in a moment and i think that you'll understand but our struggle is against spiritual forces. And let me tell you that from a biblical worldview, which I believe and all of you believe, that there are angels and demons. There are fallen angels out there and there's good angels. And I'm telling you that these fallen angels, these principalities, and this wickedness in the heavenlies, they are very powerful beings and they're trying to influence world politics, not just America they're behind the scenes trying to maneuver things in service of their master and his plan so a couple more things and now I'll come back to some of that Matthew 5:13 you are salt of the earth now Jesus is speaking to me and you we are salt in the earth but if the salt becomes tasteless it loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now who's the salt? Me and you. If we lose our saltiness, he says we're going to be thrown out and what? Trampled underfoot by men. Let me explain that for a moment. Jesus says that we're salt and light. Light has to do with you being a witness. When you guys go out like tonight and you share your faith with somebody, you're being a light. You're telling them about the gospel. That's being a light. But being salt has to do with being a prayer warrior and an intercessor. Let me explain it this way. So God looks down and he sees the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex where we live. And let's say there was absolutely no Christians here. So all you had was a bunch of heathen living in sin all the time. How many knows that would be like a foul odor going up before God? It would be like a really bad taste in the mouth, if you will. But when you've got in Dallas people, powerful churches that pray, and you've got intercessors and prayer warriors that are sprinkled throughout Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex, God looks down and no longer is it just something that's distasteful and no longer is it something that's foul but these intercessors, these prayer warriors, these praying churches it's like sprinkling salt on the place. Now there's like a fragrance that's beautiful coming up to God of their prayers and intercession for their region. So instead of judgment coming instead of of principalities and powers just being able to do whatever they want to do because of the prayers of god's people god begins to restrain the forces of hell the area now has like a beautiful fragrance before god and so now the outpouring of the holy spirit comes harvests begin to come in Do you see god's wanting us to be salt but the only way we're going to be salt is by really praying Now, let me read Second Thessalonians 2, 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Now, how many knows that we're seeing that even right now, lawlessness? But that's the end times, and that's another subject for another day. But only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. God has, without really getting into the depth of this, is end time prophecy, okay? And I know that. I know what that's talking about. But I just want you to see that God restrains things. And when God's people really, truly rise up in our authority and we begin to really pray like we can and we should, what happens is this. The forces of hell that are, that are set in the heavenlies that want to do things, all of a sudden now they are restrained by the Lord. Where their heavens would have been brass, now things begin to clear out and get open and God begins to move. His Holy Spirit begins to move in that area angels come and they begin to break things open and all of a sudden harvest starts coming in and and change starts happening for the positive but that's going to come because god's people are rising up and really being the salt in the earth that we're supposed to be that causes the enemy to be restrained but let me say on the flip side that if we don't pray see this is something me and some people out there just flat out do not agree some people say well it's, whatever's going to happen is just going to happen God's just in control politically it's just going to happen that is not true if God's people don't pray and don't do anything then that means the devil is going to start doing a lot of stuff passive people don't win wars And what happens is when God's people are not salt and we're not praying at all, here's what's gonna happen. Satan will begin to raise up wicked people and place them in positions and they will begin to pass wicked laws and they will begin to try to shut the mouths of Christians. They will begin to try to do away with the word of God, remove it from society And pretty soon there's a persecution that begins to come against Christians and you know what's happening here is that salt lost its saltiness now it's being thrown to the side and trampled underfoot by men are you seeing what I'm talking about so salt has got to keep its saltiness by being what we're called to be in society if we stop being the the force of prayer that we're supposed to be pretty soon Wicked men are going to be trying to trample us underfoot. And I believed if God's people hadn't have prayed like they've been praying, that this election back in 2016 would not have happened the way it happened. And I guarantee you that if it didn't, if Trump was not elected and Hillary got it, I guarantee you that the persecution against Christians would be at an all-time high in this nation in our entire history. Because it was heading that way. We all saw it. It all this so called controversy about the fact of there being a, a Christmas manger and you weren't even supposed to be saying Christmas anymore. In in, in America that has such a Judeo Christian heritage. You see, there was an Antichrist spirit that was beginning to gain ground here. It's still at work, but there was a momentum that because of God's people praying, God heard us and he set his hand against certain things at that election. And he grabs somebody over here in left field that's not even a politician and jerks him into power, anoints him, and now things turn because there's somebody there that's favorable toward Christians. You know, probably one of the greatest presidents in my lifetime was probably Ronald Reagan. And I'm sure most of you guys would agree with that. But Ronald Reagan, as far as I know, was never seen as some kind of a great spiritual giant, some kind of a Bible scholar, or somebody that could have pastored a church. Does anybody see that? Because I didn't see that. But yet he was one of our greatest presidents. He was used to help bring down the Berlin Wall, conservative values. He was favorable toward Christianity. So what I'm trying to get at is, is that there's just there's something kind of strange there that I'm about to confront but all right let me get to this next point the new birth and sanctification from what I understand approximately 10 years before President Trump came into power that this minister had led him to the Lord And he made a profession of faith, and I don't... Who knows about all that? I hope that it was really powerful and really real. But if you go back and you look at things, most of the garbage they're trying to dig up about him is stuff that was before that time. That's the truth. And it seemed like he was really trying to make an effort here to change some things. I don't know, but nonetheless, 10 years before he became president, he made a profession of faith in Jesus and there was an evangelist or a minister that led him to the Lord and one of the things that's really bothered me is some people that keep on and on about supposedly Trump's sinful past and keep trying to drudge stuff up about him so now let me just go ahead and go for this but they have a sinful past the people that are doing this I'm just saying they do i do everybody here does and one of the things that's really kind of got under my skin is over and over and over hearing people well he's not perfect he's not perfect okay but the people keep saying this i'm saying with love and respect you're not perfect either i'm not perfect the people you're telling that to aren't perfect so why do we keep saying this a lot of that stuff they're trying to dig up goes before his profession of faith remember that because all of us have a sinful past you know once you accept Christ as your savior that certainly does not mean you're perfect as a matter of fact for the first several years God's probably gonna be cleaning you up from this that and the other because he did me and I know many other people that I've pastored it took time How many of you guys would agree with that the first several years not one but the first several years The Lord really was sanctifying and purifying your life and convicting you of things and helping you to overcome your sinful past and helping you to break free from things. There's just been different people, and I'm talking about the religious community here. I know that those that are into politics and and people that just simply don't like the president or whatever, I know that they're gonna say things just because of political motives. I don't I'm not talking I'm talking about Christians here that are on and on about this and there's different ones and I'm trying to be very vague on purpose but there's one guy that is just on and on about it now how many of you guys would say that you honestly have never viewed Trump or any other president as being your savior I never have okay now why are people acting like so none of us view him as being some kind of savior we don't think he's Jesus okay he's just a secular statesman and it's bothered me because this same individual has kind of had a history of coming across pretty prideful. And there was a time as a, as a Christian and in the ministry of even being rebellious enough to bring division in a very powerful move of God. That's all I'm going to say. But yet this individual keeps on and on and on and on against the president being real negative. And I'm thinking, you know, all of us can look in our past and realize they ain't none of us perfect. But see, here's what I'm trying to get at. There is a religious spirit in that right there. You know what a religious spirit will do? It will always try to bring up somebody's past. How would it feel to Christians to come here tonight and every week somebody in the church is saying, you remember what you did 10 years ago and rubbing their face in it? You remember what you did seven years ago? You remember what you did 12 years ago and just constantly trying to rub their face in it? That's a religious spirit. So just be careful about being so judgmental and critical about whether it's him or anybody else. It's a secular nation, a secular government. They're holding a secular office. Thank God they're favorable toward Christians. Thank God. But I don't expect any of them to be a preacher. I don't expect any of them to be perfect. And be careful about the media brainwashing you too you know how the devil tries to manipulate people through their thoughts and their emotions did you know that's exactly how the media tries to manipulate you you that are watching they're trying to influence your thoughts and they're trying to play on your emotions to manipulate you into their agenda i remember people were asking me before you know back during the presidential election before the elections were even done there was still several i mean how many republicans were running for it? 25 you know there people were still asking me about this that and the other and i was like you know what i always said i don't know i mean we'll just see who god puts there whoever ends up running i'm going to vote because that's going to be the conservative way to go but i was thinking to myself why you keep you know but anyway when it came down to president trump there were people that were trying to um, ask me but I could tell they already kind of had their mind made up about what I thought and I said well we'll just have to see you see I don't view it like I'm voting for a pastor I don't view it like I'm voting for some kind of a spiritual thing I realize that his decisions are going to have spiritual consequences I understand that but it's a secular office and people it's like they I guess they think that they're voting for some kind of a church thing or something and everything's got to be a certain way all right so let me just dive into a couple other areas why does satan want a weak america i believe with all my heart that the devil literally wants the downfall and the destruction of america This to me, as I've looked through our history, especially since World War II, that time frame. But just imagine for a moment that you had some kind of an event where there was gonna be all kinds of people that are coming to this event. And you knew that there was gonna be some people at this event that very well may cause problems Or get violent or try to hurt some other people or whatever. And so you made sure that you hired... And there there was somebody, some really big, muscular, well-armed police officer... That's standing right there in full view of everybody with his arms folded like this. Everybody that comes through there is going to be realized... If I try anything, I'm going to have to mess with him. To me, America has been like that big, well-armed individual that has kept the wrong people at bay. Because, see, when you come to that event and you see that guy up there like this and he's well-armed and he's sitting there looking around like he's, he's not playing around, the people that are law-abiding citizens and the people that want to come to a safe event, they're thankful he's there. The people that don't want him there are those that are going to try something. And see i think about how a strong america under strong leadership keeps people like north korea at bay it's keeping iran being very careful about what they do all of a sudden vladimir putin and, and the whole russia they they're like okay america's strong again you see what i'm saying when there's a strong america and that's one of the reasons why i believe satan wants the destruction of america because America has a long history of protecting the innocent. We, we gave our soldiers in the Korean War. you know, and back in the 50s during the Korean War, Dr. Cho and people that, that have talked about that war, he said, I am so thankful to America. Because if it wasn't for America, we would not have a free South Korea today. We would be under communist rule. And they would be basically under that North Korean domination right now if it wasn't for America. America has been willing to go to other parts of the world and be in harm's way to try to defend the innocent and protect people. Now, how many of you guys know that the devil, the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy Satan? Hates that because he wants as much bloodshed and murder and violence and evil and wicked that can possibly be in the world But yet America's back there like this with the arms folded going. No, we're not going to do that And it's kept a lot of wicked people at bay that would have done a lot of things but they know that America will respond And I'll tell you another reason why Satan wants the destruction of America Is because America is Israel's strongest ally. I think America would be just fine. I mean, I think Israel would be just fine without America because God will watch over Israel. Don't get me wrong. But Satan hates it because what? America's back there like this behind Israel like a big brother. Saying you mess with them, you mess with us. So let me just read some things in my notes here america has been a restraining force for wicked dictators and international bloodshed america has been a land of benevolence to the world america has sent more aid than probably any other nation over the last several decades has fed third world countries and sent, and not just from our government, but even the missionaries that we've sent all over the world that have dug wells in other countries and, and gave all kinds of food and all kinds of benevolence. America has also been a place of great revival. America, more than any other country, has been a land of great revival. We have revival history in, in the days of Wesley. Later in the days of Cambridge, and then Finney under the Second Great Awakening, we've had Azusa, we've had the, the, the revivals of the 50s, the 60s and 70s and the 90s. Of course, that was more of an international, but we had the Great Brownsville Revival, but we have had, this has been a land of great revival. And what's happened is, is because of great revival here, just like at Azusa, the revival would hit here, but it would go all over the world, You understand, this is not an exaggeration. Every spirit-filled Pentecostal revival movement all over the entire world right now today can trace its roots back to Azusa Street. What happened was people got baptized in the Holy Spirit and whatever their tongue sounded like, whatever dialect, many of them felt, well, I'm called there. And so they would take Pentecostal revival fire to that nation and it literally spread all over the world, out of America. America has been a place where the gospel has gone all over the world. From this place, the gospel has gone through radio airwaves, television. Now, in the last couple of decades, through the Internet, from America, literally all over the world. We have sent missionaries all over the world. So Satan wants the downfall and the destruction of America for these reasons, in my opinion. So the hatred toward Israel and the hatred toward America, in my opinion, is satanic in origin. There's people all over the world that would give anything to be here in this great nation. Literally give anything. But yet there's some goofy people in this nation that act like they hate America. And the truth of the matter is, quite honestly, if you took them somehow and plucked them out, and stuck them out in a third world country somewhere for about a year, and let them live somewhere else, they would realize how good they got it. They really would. The thing is, they're just they're spoiled here, and they don't realize what they got. But Satan does want to bring America down, and we need to be really praying. We need to be salt, because our prayers will restrain the enemy's intent. And I believe this because of the fact that America has been seeing such revival and it's affecting the world. And I believe that we're going to see another powerful move of God in America. And once again, it's going to go all over the world. I believe that. I believe it's coming. Because of the fact that we're influencing other nations, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. You're not just dealing with principalities that are in Washington alone. You're dealing with principalities that are coming from other nations over here that are trying to stop America. So understand I, I, I didn't want to say this at the first part of the message till I got to it here. Somebody like President Trump that's trying to be a friend to Israel and a friend to Christians and trying to humble himself under God, you gotta understand that he is facing some very high ranking principalities and not just american but international that are that are trafficking across our oceans here and they're trying to influence things here because they know that a strong america hinders their purposes back in their nation i'm saying all that to say president trump is just a man and we need to be praying for him because he needs god's protection And here's the thing. There's people that that want him to fail and hate his guts. Well, let me give you a little parable here. All right. Let's say that there was a football coach, nice guy, you know, just an average guy. But there were people that just hated this man. And so they wanted in every possible opportunity to trip him up and make him look like a fool. These same people, their kids play on the team. Well, here's the problem. They may trip that coach up and trip him up and trip him up and bring all kinds of confusion and problems and everything else, but here's the result. They're going to lose one game after the next game after the next game. The kids that are there playing their hearts out are going to keep losing. So basically, because of the way they're doing that coach, they may hurt the coach, but they're going to hurt the whole team and take everybody down with them. This isn't the time to be hating the president and wanting him to fail because if he fails, it's going to affect the whole nation. We need to be praying for him and believing God to help him succeed because by him succeeding, it's going to bless the whole nation and that includes me and you. Here's some ways that I believe the devil is attacking America economic warfare who would have thought in a day that I'm alive today who would have thought right now in 2018 that there would actually be people in America that are for socialism the many people I'm saying this don't even know what you realize that socialism is communism that's voted in that's all it is let me say that again its communism that's voted in by the people. That's all socialism is. Who would have thought because America has been a bastion of freedom and to the whole world like a light on a hill saying that that freedom like this is what is best, and it is, that in this land that there would be a movement of socialism. Understand what I'm saying here. You're not just dealing with ideals in a battle of ideas. You're dealing with satanic fallen angels behind the scenes that are trying to take the nation down. Because if America goes down, there's a lot of things the devil can begin to try to do all over the world that he cannot do right now. I'm hoping this sermon tonight's kinda eye-opening about that. Because if America was gone, who's really gonna restrain russia and iran and china and north korea just to name some not to mention others that would emerge when there's a strong america groups like isis disappear i mean you're dealing with some of the most wicked human beings they're they're slaughtering and torturing people and enjoying doing it on video for the world to see and then we finally get a president in that's a, like a, more of a typical American president, and he says, well, we're not going to have that anymore. And they drop right off, what was it called, the mother of all bombs. They dropped it on, it really was, Moab. They dropped it right on ice. You notice as Trump's come to power, you don't, you don't see a lot of videos anymore with ISIS cutting people to pieces and burning them, do you? Why? Because a strong America is stopping that garbage. See what I'm saying? And the devil hates America because of that reason. The devil wants that. He wants groups like ISIS. All right, so number one, here's three things I believe where Satan is attacking America and wants to destroy America. Number one is economic warfare, socialism. A move to do away with capitalism in our way of life and put it in the hands of the government. God help us all that that never happened. Number two, the brainwashing through the media and the entertainment industry and the educational systems. There's a very strong move of brainwashing that's going on. You can call it whatever, trying to control people's minds, trying to manipulate them, trying to brainwash them, however you want to cut it. I really don't care about the terminology. Bottom line is, they're saying things that are not true over and over and over and over and over, and over to try to get people to believe it, even though it's not true. They'll, they'll bring things with their twist and their slant, and they're doing it in such a way to manipulate people, manipulate their minds. And that's why we have people coming out of our educational system, so-called higher education, that are coming out of it and they're so for socialism and they're so liberal is because of what these schools are doing to them that's what the professors in the school systems are pushing down their throat they may have come in there with a different worldview more of a biblical worldview maybe more of their family's values but by the time the school got a hold of them and the professors got done with them they've turned into a a far-left liberal that is very different than they went in. So there's, there's an element there of brainwashing the youth, the entertainment industry. You see very few entertainers that are real conservatives and all that. You, what do you see? A lot of liberals. So, and all of us know, I don't even have to say much about the lying media. That's been there a long time, long time before President Trump ever called it fake news. He just simply just said the facts that we already knew. But they've been manipulating things for years. And also, here's the third area that I believe that Satan is trying. He's trying to raise up leaders that are in agreement with a weak America. He's trying to raise up the wrong leaders in positions of influence that will steer the nation in the wrong direction. So let let me give you just the last couple things here history is written by the intercessors. Are y'all hearing me tonight? History is written by the intercessors. So 1 Timothy chapter 2 starting with verse 1. First of all, then I urge that entries or entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and those in authority. Now let me say this. It says here, first of all, I don't even think in a lot of places it's even last of all. Because see, Paul knew these rulers and leaders are just human beings with a sin nature. They're just normal people that are in those positions there. And he knows that they're going to be facing spirits that want to manipulate them. And dealing with Their own frailty, and he's saying, Pray for them. What's the result? If you pray for them, he's saying, Pray for those in authority so that we might lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. In other words, peaceful and godly. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved. So, in other words, it's more conducive for all men to be saved, it's more conducive for the harvest. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. Is everybody seeing this here tonight? How important it is that we pray. When we pray. God will move. And he will begin to set his hand against the wrong people. And he will begin to raise up leaders. If we ask him. That those leaders will give him glory. That they're there. I think about for example. Vice President Pence. Who is kind of a a quiet spoken very godly christian man that just loves the lord thank god that we have a vice president like that seriously thank god thank god for our governor in texas greg abbott thank god that we have such a godly governor man he's post stuff on his face he posts scriptures he's unashamed of jesus favorable toward christians And I'm very thankful for it. I I thank the Lord on a regular basis for godly leaders. But see, that's because people are praying. If people stop praying, what will happen is the devil will not be restrained and he'll begin to try to manipulate things where the wrong people get in power and those wrong people will begin to turn against Christians. And they'll want to hinder the gospel and hinder the word of God as much as they can. So the importance that we pray for leaders, the importance that we pray for those who are to be raised up by God, and I said this earlier, but passive people lose wars. You cannot be passive. And finally, we are in the last days, and this is probably the most important time to pray than in the last 100 years, because here we are in the last days, And the Bible says about the last days that there would be an end time harvest. The Bible says about the last days there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. And we know that God's gonna move to prepare a bride for the coming of Jesus. This is the time when it's like the fullness of time is coming. It's like the climax of the ages. It's like everything's coming to a head. The devil knows his time is short. There's a raging in the spirit realm that's going on and at all times over the last couple hundred years in the history of our nation, this is the time that we need to be praying like no other time for God's purposes to be fulfilled in America and through America. And this is something I just wanted to put in here because it speaks volumes to me. Even if I didn't preach anything else tonight, just looking at this one thing I'm about to share speaks volumes to me. Who is it that hates President Trump with a passion? You ready? The witches and the Satanists. Extreme liberals. Atheists. Muslims. The deep state. Illegals. And I would add people with a religious spirit. Because there's Christians and Christian leaders that have a religious spirit about them. It's all about stuff in his past, all that type of stuff. But those are the people that hate Trump. Think about what I'm saying. Sometimes the people that hate you is a really good sign. How many knows if the Satanists and the devil worshippers like you, that's not a good thing. If the liberals are applauding you, that's not a good thing. If the atheists and the muslims and all that if they love you that's a bad sign the fact that all these people hate him and want his downfall to me speaks volumes now who likes president trump number one conservatives number two patriots there's people in this nation that may not even be christians but they're patriots and they're good people by and large They're patriots. They love America. Who else likes Trump? Most Christians and the nation of Israel. That speaks volumes to me right there. I remember seeing the Satanists marching down the street. It's on video. The Satanists, the Satanic Temple, marching down the street. How much they hate President Trump, and he's going to ruin all of our lives. And here they go marching down the street. And I remember seeing the video thinking, man, praise God, these people hate him because that's a very good sign to me that the Satanists hate him. So let me give some really practical advice tonight. With everything that I've said tonight, you realize. That America, that Satan hates America and wants America's downfall. I know that Satan hates Israel and wants Israel's downfall, but that's kind of another sermon, isn't it? I'm talking tonight about America. Satan wants America's downfall. We need to be praying for this nation. Sincerely, really praying. And I remember when Vice President Pence came right after the election. He's on video saying these words. He's saying this. He's saying, please pray. And he quotes Second Chronicles 7.14. He said, if God's people will pray, they'll humble themselves and pray and seek God's face. God will forgive and he will heal the land. He said that. Our vice president quoted the Bible and was telling us in America, please pray. Because if we really pray, God will heal this land. in James five sixteen, let me say something too and I, then I'm gonna give you some things about how to pray I remember back whenever 2016 the elections were were getting close and the Republican nominees were had, would dwindle down from like I don't know 150 they started I'm kidding but down to about three or four and I remember that I was praying about this and the Lord spoke to me real clear and he said that some of these i was looking at he said that they would not have the ability to bear up under the pressure that they're going to come under he told me that and i remember when president trump at the time you know republican nominee trump began to emerge i felt that he would have the 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 fortitude if you will and now looking back over about two years look at what he's had to bear up under it's only by God's grace and I'm telling you that the Bible says that God can anoint a secular king a secular president for a secular office and I believe God anointed him and put something on his mind an anointing on his mind and his heart to protect him because he has had to bear up under some very vicious hateful things but he's had the fortitude to keep going And keep doing what he promised to do. Even though he's had incredible resistance. And some very vicious things. All right. So I know some people don't like him because of his. He's brash. He's bold. He's blunt. But you know what? Those are the very characteristics I believe. That's helping him to be able to gird up under. And plow right through all the garbage he's had to go through. You see what I'm saying? Somebody that was more of a passive little guy, you know, kind of timid and didn't want to offend anybody, they wouldn't be able to do anything. It's going to take somebody that's going to come blaring through there going, we're going to do it whether you like it or not, you know, and just come through there like that. So it took somebody with that type of personality, that type of a fortitude about him. And somebody that who knew that in all those business dealings where he had to play hardball and I'm sure he had to, to... you know rebuke some people and put up with some things and fire some people and do this and all that who knew that all through that time god was preparing somebody that was going to be a strong president one day you never know all right so here's some things to pray about if you want to pray for our nation and pray for our president james five sixteen in the amplified version it says the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in it's working what a promise in the bible that if you will earnestly with all your heart really pray as a righteous man or woman that it makes tremendous power available isn't that something so here's 14 things number one just as vice president pence stated earnestly pray for revival second chronicles 7:14. number two The five categories, if you put them together, I've taught many times in River of Life, Isaiah 58, Joel 2. If you will humble yourself and pray and fast and give, especially to the poor, and consecrate your life, the Bible gives some tremendous promises there in Isaiah 58 of answer prayers, okay? But that's another thing. There's people out there that God's going to move on you to really humble yourself and pray and fast for this nation and pray and fast for revival. I I thank God for the the freedom we have and the prosperity and all that that we have. I thank God for that. But my primary concern is for revival in this nation. For God to pour out his spirit and bring in a harvest of souls. Okay, that's number one. All right, and then the third thing I would say is pray for wisdom and grace for our leaders and peace in our nation pray that god give our leaders wisdom and grace and also that we'll have peace and harmony in our nation is there's people that are always trying to stir up something aren't they trying to stir up all kinds of racial tension trying to stir up all kinds of a uh, political fighting and and here recently how uh the liberals have been pushing to for, for public violence, basically, to attack people in restaurants and get in these po- politicians' faces and threaten them and things like that. I'll tell you what, you know what that was? That was a Barney Fife moment. How many of you guys have ever seen um, Andy Griffith? You remember how Barney tried to pull the gun out and it shot toward his foot? You know? That's a, that right there is a Barney Fife because here's what's happening they're shooting themselves in the foot really bad with these things because people are walking away right and left. Number four, earnestly pray that God will raise up leaders in America that will bring him glory there in power. Now, let me just stop there for a moment. Don't pray, God, we just want our our prosperity and we want to live with just wealth and peace and all that. It's all like this selfishness. No, no, no. When you start praying God's kingdom purposes, y'all hearing me, God's kingdom purposes you pray Lord we're asking you that you would raise up leaders in this nation in the executive in the house and senate in the judicial in even in things like education and and media etc but raise up those in influence that by them being there it will bring you glory those are prayers God will answer let me say that again those are prayers God will answer because it will bring him glory to answer it. It's very important that we kind of use wisdom in how we're praying here. Also, now you can pray more like a spiritual warfare type of prayer. Pray Psalm 129, 5-6 that those that hate Zion, Zion speaks of both Israel and spiritual Israel, the church those that hate God's people to be put to shame and turned backwards like the grass upon the housetops withering before coming to maturity in other words they won't be able to get roots they won't be able to bear fruit they're going to be cut short and driven back these are scriptural prayers number six those that serve the enemy's purposes their way to become dark and slippery and the angel of the Lord pursue and persecute them psalm 35 6 that's a powerful prayer in war that all of a sudden those that are serving the devil their way become dark and slippery and now angels are blocking them number seven the lord to confuse the wicked and divide their tongues psalm 55 9 confusion how many times did we see in the bible where god confused the enemy you remember how the the Egyptians began to chase Israel through the Red Sea. The first thing that happened was the wheels start coming off their chariots. They're getting confused and scared, and they're saying, Dear God, the, the God of Israel's fighting for him. Our wheels are coming out. And next thing you know, they drown. But think about Gideon's victory. Think about many other times that God released confusion into the camp of the enemy, and it brought great victory. Also, Psalm 83 those that make war against your people. We ask that God pursue them with his tempest and terrify them with his storm. What would it be like if those that are wanting to come against God's people that God himself, please hear me when I say this, God himself will create a storm and send it into their midst. God will send his storm against them to terrify them. And listen, uh, verse 16, to fill their faces with dishonor that what, that they may seek your name, O Lord, let them be ashamed, dismayed, humiliated, and defeated. But why? That they may know that you alone, whose name is the Lord, you're the Most High of the earth. So God's heart is not only to stop them, but that they might come to know Him. Number nine: confuse the tokens of the liars and bring a love for the truth. Those that dig a pit for the righteous will fall into their own trap, but the righteous escape. These are scriptures I'm giving you how many knows when you pray the bible it's powerful number 10 confused satanic counselors there was a time when david had to flee from absalom and he had his forces with him and and absalom was back there and he had you know great wise counselors there was one guy named ahithophel that was brilliant and david wanted that the counsel of ahithophel would be confused And because the counsel of Ahithophel was confused, then Absalom got bad advice and it turned the whole thing around. So another thing you can pray is, is that that Satan's counselors will be confused and give bad advice. Number 11, to dry up their finances and paralyze their agendas. You know, there's preachers like myself that's been saying this for, for a long, long time. That there's people behind the scenes with money and power that are trying to manipulate things. We've been saying that for a long time. But see, people be like, oh yeah, right. Well, now it's starting to come out, isn't it? So you got people like Soros and others, and now it's public knowledge. So here's what the Bible promises. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Wouldn't it be something? Now I'm being serious, because God can do it. Wouldn't it be something if we earnestly pray, and the wicked people that's been using their money like that, that all of a sudden, somehow, they lose their money. But all of a sudden, that money ends up in the hands of people that are going to use it for God's glory. So pray that God drop their finances and paralyze their agendas because the Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Number 12, disrupt and cancel their plans made in secret to disorganize their plans. What would it be like when they're trying to make plans that all of a sudden it's all disorganized and confused? number 13 divine delays that it's like one delay after the next so the devil wants something to happen and it's like the electricity goes out there's a traffic jam there's inclement weather this comes up that comes up this person couldn't make it one delay after the next delay i'm trying to give everybody tonight strategies strategy and prayer and number 14, and this is one that I believe is extremely powerful, reveal what's hidden. The Bible says in Luke eight seventeen that things that are whispered in secret will be shouted from the rooftops. And I believe personally that was probably the one thing that really caused Hillary Clinton to not get elected more than anything else. There was a lot of things, but I really believe that WikiLeaks was dropping like nuclear bombs on her campaign because every time things were coming out about her things that were hidden exposed it did a lot of damage and so when you pray scripture god revealed this is what you pray lord we ask you things the devil desperately wants to be hidden let those things be publicly exposed That right there will break the power of the devil because the devil thrives on trafficking in dark places. Shine the light. You know, how many knows when you flip the light on, the roaches start running? I know many of you feel like I do. And I'm thankful. I'm so thankful for America. You know, there's a lot of places that we could have been born and could have grown up. And America is a wonderful country. I thank God for being here. You know, and it grieves me when I, when I hear people that are so unthankful for what they have. Not only am I thankful that, that we live here in America, but even in America, Texas is probably the best state. <laughs> well, it probably is, to be honest. <laughs> but let's, let's not dwell on that. I don't want to offend too many people. But even in Texas, Dallas is one of the better places. Don't let me get started there. But um, I'm just thankful for what we have. I mean, America is a wonderful place, and and I believe that God has great things for America. I really do. I think that there's people that kind of have a bit of a religious spirit about them that are real negative about America. But God knows the difference between a secular kingdom and his kingdom. You understand that? See, when Jesus comes back in Revelation 19, it says, Then. Not before. This isn't going to happen now. When Jesus physically. Comes back to the earth. Then it says the kingdoms of this world. Will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ. He will become the king. Over all other kings. All other kingdoms. Right now. We're living where there's all these secular kingdoms. But God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. We. We are fighting spiritual battles for the souls of men and women to make it to heaven it's a spiritual kingdom spiritual battles but those that really pray and were used in our authority it will influence the natural so i just close with this let's really pray and keep praying for america and listen pray for god's kingdom purposes because the whole reason all of this sums up is we're believing God for great end time revival a great end time harvest of souls and a bride made ready for Jesus' coming. Amen.